and welcome to another episode of the University of Football podcast with me, your host, Albert Osman. Again, uh, my co-host Dean isn't here uh, for some issues that only he knows. Um, however, we will get straight to the podcast um, and we've got our guest, we're talking Italian football and our Italian football expert is Claudio Perfetto, who is on the line now. Claudio, how are you? I'm good. Thanks for having me on. I'm looking forward to doing the podcast. Awesome. Um, okay, so let's talk Italian football, obviously. Um, very eventful weekend, just like the weekend before that. Italian football is obviously booming lately. Um, I want to talk news and let's talk Vicento Montella, who's lost his job quite... I don't want to say surprisingly, but the, the surprising part of it is the appointment after and it's Gattuso. Yeah, so um, Montella, as you stated, just lost his his job from uh, AC Milan, and it's um, not a surprising move. Um, I mm. think that the directors were trying to hold on as long as they could have. They seemed to really like Montella. It's just you know the results weren't there, and after giving him leeway, I think the match against Torino really showed that the team is not uh, where it needs to be, and, and the change needed to be made and they hired uh, Gennaro Gattuso who was obviously a Milan legend and also the manager of the Primavera squad the youth team uh, at the time and uh, it's a little bit of an interesting appointment I think it's the obvious one um, he didn't seem like uh, Carlo Ancelotti or any big name was interested in the job at this time or available for it at this time uh, so they went with somebody they know and they watched and um, he's a little bit I don't want to say he's inexperienced because he's had a few managerial positions already um, in, you know, Serie B and NC and even abroad in Greece and um, Switzerland. But, um, you know, at a club like Milan in that level, it is a little bit of a, a surprising uh, appointment. Um, yeah, like you said, it is very surprising. This is um, someone with few managerial um, positions that of of, uh, of importance. He's, he's been at Sion, at Palermo, and nothing quite as big um, as AC Milan. And do do you think that this is a bit of uh, uh, um, uh, not an appointment of confidence, more of um, an experiment? Because Gattuso hasn't hasn't really showed anything as a manager. Yeah, see, I think they have trust in him because he's been doing a good job with the Primavera even though they had one uh, bad loss I think it was to Sassuolo's U team uh, other than that they're at the top of the table in the Primavera and he's done a good job with them there um, I think his other experiences they're not so much his fault um, totally as they are the clubs also he constantly says that every club he's been at has had some issues with the board or, or management and and whatnot. So I think um, the Milan board trusts him because mm. they think um, he he could take the team to to the level that it needs to be at, at least intense. You know, in terms of intensity. Um, so I think that's why they're going with him. You know, he constantly says that he did pass his coaching uh, exams and got his license. So it doesn't only have to do with grit. He does know uh, tactically what he's doing. Uh, so he's confident. And this is like a perfect uh, opportunity for him because he has a board that will believe in him. He has talented players. And it's a club that he loves. And obviously it's an opportunity that he won't want to pass. So I don't know if it's uh, an experiment. I think they're giving him to the end of the season to see if 
he could be the long-term appointment. They do believe in him, it seems, it seems and I don't think they would have replaced Montella just to uh, have an experiment. I really think they they see him uh, taking the team to another level and getting them back towards the top of the table. Okay, well, let's talk um, about uh, the top of the uh, Serie A. Uh, Napoli, uh, obviously, ahead right now and doing very well uh, and beating Udinese um, with a Jorginho goal. It's quite rare for Jorginho to score, especially in this Napoli side. Um, So how did you see that match? And um, I also want to ask you about Jorginho himself. He's a very good player, a player that I obviously spoke to you about before. I I said this is a player that's been spoken about in the Premier League and La Liga, and a lot of people are impressed by him. So what are your views on him. Yeah, so the goal, um, I'm not sure if you saw, he, he took a penalty, which he missed, and then he, he scored on the uh, the rebound, yeah. the goal, you know, let the rebound go. So it wasn't uh, any, a great goal, you know, it was right in front of him, but um, he is a very talented player, you know, he's probably the best Italian midfielder, you know, right up there with Verratti at this time, um, and he's playing very well, he's he's very important for Napoli and what they do, and, and um, you know, I I know um, we've spoke about before off the phone um, about whether he would be a good fit in the Premier League and other leagues. And, yeah. uh, you know, he's not that type of player, maybe in Manchester City, where, you know, there's a lot of possession and, and quick, short passes and a lot of tempo, but he's not going to be, uh, you know, box to box, very defensive, you know, in playing long balls. He's not that type of player. Um, but, He's very important to what they do, and you know they're a very strong team. Their midfield is very good, and um, he's linked up with Insigne all season to uh, create a lot of their uh, their scoring opportunities, and obviously all of their play really goes through him um, because he dictates the tempo for mm-hmm. them. And even um, in Italy's game against Sweden, you could see when he was on the pitch, he um, even though they didn't win the game and they tied 0-0, that was his first time playing for Italy competitively, and he still was able to really dictate most of the game for them a lot of the passes went through him so he's he's a very very strong midfielder and, and he really likes to get involved and have the ball uh, at his feet brilliant okay um right behind them and, and right at their toes is uh, inter milan who beat cagliari and um it's safe to say inter milan mean business uh this season icardi with a brace and brozovic um with a goal as well and this um they, they played quite well i don't think they they were great however uh a sign of a champion or, or a contender for a for a league is someone that that really is able to to win even when they're not at their best. And Inter Milan were able to do that. They were, and um, so Inter a few years ago when uh, Mancini took over again. Uh, they had a not as good of a start, but a very strong start, and they were at the top of the table, and they kind of faltered uh, down the stretch. Um, you know, same thing happened with AC Milan last year. You know, the first half of the season, they were top of the table, uh, top three spots, and then they faltered in the second half of the season. So it would be interesting to see um, what happens to Inter going forward. I think it's different this year because Spalletti is a very, very strong coach, and he's taken teams, um, namely Roma, to the top of the table consistently so he knows what needs to be done to stay at the top of the table they don't have any european competition which helps them they're obviously very rested for every uh Serie a game and then in addition to that they have at this time the best goalie in Serie a you know it's form wise handanovic he's definitely one of the best 
always, but right in this particular moment, he's in the best form. They have the best defender in Skriniar, and they have the best striker in Icardi. So, you know, they have three of the best players in the league. So this isn't a t- uh, this isn't a team that's overachieving. They they have very talented players, mm-hmm. and they're putting them to use. Another player I want to ask you about um, is Perisic, who really didn't get his move to Manchester United, and a lot of people thought that he would uh, he would mentally not be able to perform at his best like he has been in previous seasons but he's a changed player actually but quite mentally he's very strong and and he's been able to perform quite well for Inter Milan this season yeah, so Perisic, as you know, I, I write for uh, Demarcio, which covers a lot of transfer news, and um, he had a pending move to Manchester United over the summer, which never came to fruition because Inter um, had a, a value for him, and, and uh, Manchester United was never able to meet it. And um, I have to say, he's been very uh, good uh, all season. He's been very strong, and usually when a transfer like that falls apart, the player already has it in his head that he wants the move, and it kind of affects his form. Mm-hmm. Um, but that isn't the case with him. You know, he showed up to preseason. He worked very hard. He's linked up with Icardi. He's had a great attitude, even posting things on social media all season. So he's very happy to be at Inter, and, and it's showing. And kudos to him because he's such a strong player, and he's great on the wing. And, and um, usually when a player falls has a chance to fall apart like that to a club like Manchester United in the Premier League, they uh, – they take a little dip in form because mentally, I guess they they had it in their head, but he hasn't. So you know, I've been very impressed with him this season. Great. Um, let's talk Roma. Uh, another blip, it seems. It feels like um, in the recent seasons that Roma haven't been able to really build uh, on on their rival slips, uh, and uh, it looks like they've drawn and, and um, another draw with uh, with Genoa. Um, De Rossi a red. I, I don't know why I'm not surprised that the red has been given to De Rossi. However, I want to ask you about um, um, Rome, the Roma side, and also, do you think? Because um, earlier in the season, I saw Jeko speaking about Mohamed Salah and uh, the loss of Mohamed Salah and the, the technique of players had to change a little bit. Do you think they're missing him a little bit? And, and also, what did you think of the game and their season so far? <laughs> Yeah, so they drew to Genoa because, you know, like you said, that Rossi, he slapped a player in the face, Lapadula, and uh, got a, a red card because in Serie A now with VAR, um, they review all of those things and they mm-hmm. get caught. Same thing happened with Benucci. Obviously, when he played against Genoa, he put, he helped someone in the face and got thrown out. But um, as far as Roma, they're a very strong team. Um, the loss of Salah is definitely a significant one, as you could see what he's doing uh, for Liverpool. He's a very, very strong player. He's probably the most talented player on Roma last season. But they've coped well. Um, they have a new coach, and they really haven't skipped the beat. Obviously, this weekend was a poor result for them, but it happens. You know, through the course of 38 games, they, you're going to drop points here and there, especially to some lower teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but their team is still very strong. Their defense is a little shaky. That's ultimately why I don't think they will win or compete for the championship. Um, but their midfield is very strong. They have Nyangalan, who's one of the best in Serie A, maybe even the world. Uh, Strootman's 
you know, been back at his best. They signed Pellegrini from Sassuolo, who the coach loves and has done very well for them. Um, Ganolans also. They have a very, very strong and deep midfield. And Zeko and Kolodov in particular have linked up this season and, and really bailed them out of some uh, games, and they're in terrific form. So they have very strong players, some of the best in the league. So mm-hmm. I f- expect them to be up there again in the top three, but I don't think they'll ultimately have what it takes to, to be up there with Napoli or Juventus in the top spot. Okay, um, let's talk Juventus. Uh, a 3-0 uh, straightforward win against Crotone. Uh, not surprising in the least. Mandzukic, um, Benatea and Decilio, um with the goals. And safe to say um, they've bounced back and uh, back to winning ways. They needed the performance and they got it because even though it doesn't seem surprising, the week prior to that, they only beat uh, Benevento 2-1 to one, in which I think they went down in that game too. So, you know, Benevento was not even as good as Crotone. So mm-hmm. it was a very important um, win for Juventus, a very important performance more than anything. Um, they attacked them the whole game. They were threatening the whole game and then eventually they broke through in the second half and then poured in two more goals. They um, they have very strong plays. Douglas Costa is starting to play very well for them. Uh, Dybala, obviously, is probably the best player in, in the league. So mm-hmm. they have him and, um, you know, Pjanic. Uh, their defense is not what it was last year. That's probably what they're lacking. They lost Bonucci and Danny Alves, although DeCilio scored a goal. Uh, against Crotone, he obviously is no Danny Alves, and um, you know he's been injured, so hasn't really been able to perform consistently. And then they they didn't really replace Bonucci. They signed Awadis from uh, Schalke, and he mm. played well against Crotone in his first match for Juve, but he's obviously not at the level of what Bonucci was doing for them. Um, they're still the deepest squad in in Italy by far, and um, they'll definitely be up there towards the top of the table um, as far as a crisis that a lot of people think that they've been going through this season their points per game average is obvious is uh, honestly higher than it was last season where they had 91 points at the end of the year so they're not really in that much of a crisis you know it's overblown because of how Napoli have been playing and Inter but Juventus is still playing very very strong mm-hmm. and it's going to be tough to overcome them they they didn't do well in the beginning of last season, did they? Is that one of the reasons? That, no, that was uh, that was two years ago. Two years ago, they, okay. They started pretty poorly, but then they climbed back up the table. Last year, they they started out okay. Okay, all right, no worries. As you can see, my Italian football isn't right up there. Um, <laughs> it's okay. Let's uh, let's finish with Benevento, who I was very surprised when I was looking at the table to to see them with zero points, fourteen matches, and fourteen losses. Are they really that bad? They are, you know, <laughs> unfortunately they are. It's, uh, they're actually very close to where, uh, you know, my family is from in Italy, uh, our hometown. Yeah. So it hurts me to say that. I would love to see them do well, but they're just, uh, they were not prepared for this at all to play in Serie A. They obviously haven't, I don't know if they've ever played in Serie A or it's been a very long time if they have. I don't think they have, though. Mm-hmm. And they're not they're not prepared. I mean, they played really well against Juventus. They had a couple of other games where they were tied and lost right at the the end of the match but obviously zero points through 14 games uh tells you all about them and now they have a tough match against milan who's going to be rejuvenated under a new coach so i don't see them getting a point this weekend or and if they do it'd be very very bad for milan uh-huh. so unfortunately yeah they're not uh 
they're not up to it. I think they'll get a point eventually, but uh, it's not looking good right now. All right. Well, um, I really want to talk about Italy and, and their struggles to get into the World Cup. However, I want to really briefly look at the Champions League and, and just ask you, do you think there's any chance there's going to be an Italian winner of the Champions League this season? Um, I, it's going to be a slim chance. Uh, the team that's most suited to win it is obviously Juventus. Mm-hmm. Um, Napoli has stated over and over again that they are going for the Scudetto. Um, they're not really putting too much focus on the Champions League. They got an important win against Shakhtar, so they look like they'll have a chance to qualify as long as Manchester City could beat Shakhtar now, which would be good because mm-hmm. I think it would be a shame to have the league leaders not in the round of 16. But once they get to the round of 16, you know, they're going to finish second in their group if they make it. They'll play probably one of the English sides or uh, or Barcelona, you know, in the first, in the round of 16. Mm-hmm. Going to be very tough for them to get past that. Um, Roma, same thing with them. You know, they they look like they're going to qualify. They just have to beat Kadabag, which they should be able to do. But I just don't think they're strong enough or deep enough to really win the whole thing. Maybe they can get to the quarters. Yeah. Um, Juventus is Juventus. You know, they, they're very professional. They have a deep squad. They have a talented team. And, you know, they, given that they're going to, they win against Olympiacos next week and qualify. They'll finish second in their group, um, but they are strong enough to beat one of the English teams. They obviously won't have to play Barcelona in the round of 16 because they're in the same group now, so that helps. Um, but once they get into the knockout stages in the spring, that's when Allegri is at his best and has the team playing its best football. So you always have to watch out for them. I don't see them winning because last year they made it to the final and lost. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very hard to get back there two years in a row, but they're definitely the team with the best chance out of the Italians. Yeah, I think I think Real Madrid will disagree with you slightly with that last point. I think, uh, <laughs> probably, although they have one of the best squads um, that we've probably seen in the last 15 years, so that's obviously a point that we need to take into consideration. Let's yep. talk um, Italy. I'm sure you don't want to talk about that, but we have to. <laughs> Gian Piero Ventura, probably one of the most hated um, men in Italy at the moment, um, and uh, he led the country to a, a very disappointing should I say um, two-legged um, loss against Sweden um, quite surprisingly um, can I get your views on Gian Piero Ventura and uh, also um, their World Cup qualifiers um, campaign yeah, I mean, he that was the worst uh, managerial display that I've seen in my lifetime and um, in Italian football, you know, for the national team or really any any Serie A team. And um, it was very disappointing. He played a lot of players out of position. He seemed like he had no clue what he was doing. You know, to, to bring up Jorginho for the quali- for the playoff after not using him at all in the qualifiers and then start him in the last match, it just shows you that he was lost and he was basically, um, you know, just trying anything to get through and it didn't work. I blame him, but I also blame the Federation because you, you could see this coming. Um, his last four qualifiers against Spain, Israel, Macedonia and Albania were all very, very poor, and they should have stepped in before the playoffs yeah. and maybe hired a new manager to, to lead them through the playoffs. But he was lost. I mean, to Lorenzo Insigne is the best Italian mm-hmm. and probably the best in form at this time. And yeah. to have him play 15 out of 180 80 minutes in a playoff and have those 15 minutes be in a wrong position in central midfield, it just says all you need to know about the 
manager's performance. Um, um, finally, one quick um, note on on Gianluigi Buffon. Uh, it, it gives it, it brings a tear to my eye. Sorry that he won't be at the World Cup, and and I'm sure it does to many Italians as well. Um, just a brief uh, chat about him. What do you think of of him and his campaign and and his career um, for Italy? Um, I'm I'm pretty sure he hasn't um, retired yet, and I don't think he will. Um, however, what did you think of him in this campaign and and as an individual and a keeper for Italy through the years? Um, He's obviously been a legend. So, so just your thoughts, please. Yeah, it's it's very very sad. It's heartbreaking to see him not make it to what would have been his record a record sixth World Cup. Um, after the match, when there was press on the field, you know he went and he spoke to the press, and the manager didn't. The manager ran right to the locker room. Uh, he later spoke at a press conference, but you know he didn't stay on the field and and take the heat. And Buffon did, and and Buffon stood there and he answered the questions and he spoke and he cried. And and that's all you need to know about him. You know, mm. for me, um, he's one of those players that, you know, you you feel like is never going to retire. He'll always be there. Um, but unfortunately, it seems like this is the end for him. I remember very vividly when he came up and was a star for uh, Padma. And, you know, at that time in the late 90s, you know, everybody already knew this guy is going to be the, the Italy goalkeeper for a long time. Now, could you imagine that it would have been this long? No, but... But, you know, it speaks volumes of who he is and how he's performed. You know, he's he's been at the top for this long, too. It's not even just sentimental and, uh, you know, a, ma- a matter of because his name is Buffon, he's going to keep playing. You know, he's earned it. Mm-hmm. He might not be the best goalie in the world anymore, but he's right up there. And, um, you know, it just speaks volumes that Juventus has been able to get to the Champions League in two out of three years with him as the goalie. And he's been very, very important in that. So, you know, it's very, very tough for me to see him not make the sixth World Cup because if anybody deserves to have that record, it's him for what he's done for Italian and, and world football. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. Um, I'll, I want two um, teams from you in terms of uh, next year's World Cup and Serie A winners um, this season. Uh, yeah, so just give me your Serie A winners and your World Cup winners for next year. Okay, so Serie A... I'm going with Napoli. It's uh, it, it's a little tough decision for me because I just know Juventus is very, very strong and deep, and they could withstand an injury. Um, you know, they have a head-to-head clash this weekend, Napoli and Juventus, which is going to be a fantastic match. Um, Napoli has the opportunity to go seven points ahead of them. I think since it's in Naples, uh, they will take advantage and, mm-hmm. and win the match and go seven points ahead, and then Juventus has another tough match next week against Inter, so they're playing their two rivals back-to-back. So it's going to be a very important week for Juventus, especially with the Olympiacos game in the middle. Um, so, But I think that uh, Napoli will open the gap a little bit, given that they stay healthy. The attacking three at least stays healthy mm-hmm. uh, through the rest of the season, and they have some reinforcements in January. I, I think Napoli will go ahead and win the, the Scudetto. And then as far as the World Cup... I'm going with um, Argentina. I just think it's time for Messi to win it. You know, he's too great of a player to finish his career without the World Cup. He came very close in 14, obviously, against Germany, missing out. Um, But I think he's at the top of his game still. Mm -hmm. And this is probably his last chance. And uh, 
hopefully, you know, with Icardi and Dybala and, you know, the other players around him in Argentina, they're able to get have enough talent to, to, to take a, take home the World Cup in uh, in July. Brilliant. I think those are um, some very solid predictions. I'm going uh, Napoli in France, hopefully. Um, nice. But yeah, <laughs> Claudio Perfetto, thank you so much for joining us um, today and, and um, talking, talking all things Italy um, and obviously the Serie A. So we'll hopefully be talking to you very soon and best of luck for you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate you guys having me on and I'm looking forward to, uh, to listening to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks. Awesome. Thanks, Claudio. Okay. All right, that uh, finishes our mini-up, Claudio, there. Um, and and hopefully we'll be back next week um, when me and Dean will be looking at most of the leagues, uh, top five leagues actually, um, next week. And uh, I'm sure it'll be really, really eventful going into Boxing Day fixtures. And yeah, thank you for joining us once again. And um, we will see you next week.